following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the Hoon Show across Michigan. And are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? Well, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all of the Super Bowl action you need. And new customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can bet just $5 on the game and get 200 in free bets instantly. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that code HUGE when you sign up and you can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly on Super Bowl 57. It is the biggest Sunday in sports this Sunday on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's time to begin our number three on a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. It's Super Bowl 57 week. March Madness is almost here. Think about it, man. Big Ten Tournament is about four weeks away. That's all. Ends with Selection Sunday. Will Michigan State and Michigan get in? Michigan State has a better closing schedule than Michigan, but Michigan has looked great the last two games, and they're playing defense. And the Spartans and the Wolverines hook up on February 18th, Saturday night, primetime at Chrysler. We talked to Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com earlier about Michigan hoops. We'll get an update from Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com team. Tim Stout and Graham Couch both feel that Michigan State will make the tournament, but this is a big week for them. Have to win that game at Ohio State where Michigan just beat Ohio State uh, yesterday. Izzo and his team, they play enough defense to beat anybody on their schedule. Question is, can they get enough offense? So Big Ten Hoops conversation inside this hour. We'll also talk about the Lions. Scotty Montgomery is their new running backs coach. Deuce Staley went to reunite with Frank Reich with the Carolina Panthers. Montgomery, former Colts, RB coach, respected veteran. Lions making all the right moves. Didn't lose Ben Johnson. Could they be like the Eagles are this year or a year from now? Could the Lions be on the verge of a Super Bowl a year from now? We're doing the huge show. Mm. Think about that. Telling you. What do you need? 11 wins to... 11 wins. That's it. And that Super Bowl would be in Vegas one year from now. Mm, mm, mm. 
So 11 wins will get you the NFC North, I would guesstimate. Or guesstimate. Rodgers is playing with either the Jets or with Devontae Adams with Vegas. It'll be an AFC team. Cousins and the Vikings will probably be the odds-on favorite to start based on their win total and what they did this year. They still have outstanding offensive talent. Green Bay without Rodgers, they're going to give Jordan Love, what, a year or two to see if he can do it? Be in a, a rebuild for the first time maybe ever? You think about the way they've just passed the torch from quarterback to quarterback. It could be the first rebuilding job you've ever really seen with Green Bay. Cousins isn't getting any younger. They had a lot of fantastic finishes to steal games, but they earned it. Scoreboard doesn't lie. Their defense isn't strong. I don't know how you wouldn't make the Lions based on how they finished. And I know they didn't make the playoffs. How the Lions wouldn't be the favorite to win the NFC North. Then it gets down to not necessarily bye, but home playoff games, which would just be, I can't even imagine what that would be like inside Ford Field. It can happen quick. And what was the key to turning around the Eagles? Yeah, I get the Jalen Hurts impact, and you you watched how they looked without Jalen Hurts. That's why my only negative, as I said in the last break in the opening huge opinion today, the only thing, the only concern, the only potential negative I have is the Lions having a ready-to-go backup that can help them win games. I know that's a rarity in the NFL. Everybody's not blessed to have Lance, Jimmy G, and Brock Purdy. But that's their only hole in my mind. It really is, because they're going to get a shutdown corner through the draft or through free agency. They're going to get help on the edge. They're going to get depth on the O-line, if not a starter in free agency. On the right side, I, I just I look at everything, and Williams, a full season. I mean, you ask yourself, the, the, the coaching staff seems to have Settled even with the changes. And, you know, Aaron Glenn, he's not, I guess you can read reports for what they are. He was a prospect for the Cardinals. I don't know if he's still in the Colts mindset. And God knows with Ursay what they're doing. But I'm telling you, this is the first time in my life, my entire existence as a Lions fan, that the ownership isn't meddling. The front office is the strongest and deepest they've had. And the coaching staff found a way to create a culture when it looked like at one and six and four, 19 and one that they were going down Matt Patricia highway. And they didn't. And now we sit here while there's drama with Rogers, while there's drama with Brady, while there's drama over here, over there, everywhere in the NFL. We're talking about the lions possibly being the best team in the NFC North and getting home playoff games. Yeah, that's real. I know I'm having a tough time dealing with it. I'm seeking a psychiatrist and therapist. And Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit Lions, NFL insider. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line. And Jeremy, you know, I was going down the checklist of the drama stories we're getting all across the NFL and what an offseason is like normally to be a Lions fan. But as I mentioned, my only question mark with this team going in right now, and I know we're only – 
in early February is that do they have a quarterback if golf went down that could help them win games? That, that's how that's how strong this rebuilding process has been, which is still inside the procedural movement uh, by that front office and by Campbell. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's kind of nice to have a a low drama off season um, by 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 Lions standards and really by any NFL team standards where. You know, the, the biggest drama is, is are you going to lose this coach? Are you going to lose that coach? And, and so far, the Lions have done a pretty good job being able to retain most of their guys. I know you're just talking about Aaron Glenn, but it looks like he's out of the Arizona job. He might still be in the mix of the, the Colts job, but who isn't still in the mix for that Colts job? And, um, you know, they, they lose Deuce Staley, but they, they filled his spot today with the, with the guy, Scotty Montgomery, who uh, looks like a pretty pretty darn good hire and a, a well-coveted coach. So, yeah, I think I think it's nice to have kind of a a chill off season for a franchise, especially with the way the season ended. To know that they're in a good spot to really pick up from where they left off. If you had to list right now where we sit on concerns connected to this franchise on and off the field, how would that list start and end? Well, I think you have to start on defense, right? Uh, I think the secondary is still a pretty major concern, and you know they're going to have resources, like you were saying there, to to fix it. Um, but, you know, plugging in a rookie necessarily isn't necessarily something that's going to fix things right away. Um, we have seen, you know, rookie cornerbacks make uh, an impact as of late, whereas, you know, a few years ago it was thought of as a position that takes a couple of years to develop. But still, if you're, if you're relying on a rookie, even a highly drafted one to kind of make a huge impact and come in with like a, a pro bowl type of season, it, it's more rare than you think. So, um, secondary, I think they, they need to beef up the, the interior of their defensive line, um, I think, I think there's, I mean, there's a long list of guys I think they need to retain. Um, at the top of that list is, is probably guys like Jamal Williams, um, maybe DJ Chark as well. Um, but, but in general, I think, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like, it's the filling out the depth, right? It, it's the making sure you have all the people in the, in the rotational roles. It's, it's having your backup quarterback. Um, so it, you know, it's kind of a scattered list, but there really aren't huge, like circles they have to square. It's pretty much to me, like, the biggest thing they have to figure out is that cornerback position. They might need two. Um, other than that, it, I think it's just it's just kind of normal depth filling that you see in pretty much every offseason. What about the backup QB situation? Uh, and I mentioned that before I came to you and Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit. I will tell you how to get a hold of him, Twitter and also online in a moment, talking Lions offseason and the NFL get a Super Bowl pick uh, in a moment. Uh, but the backup QB, about the only thing in my mind, that Boyle and Campbell have missed on uh, uh, was Boyle. Uh, it would be, you know, in terms of uh, for Holmes and Campbell, missed on was Boyle. That's about it in my mind. Yeah, and, and I, I think, honestly, you, you can forgive them a little bit for that because backup quarterback wasn't that big of a priority at the time. You know, they, they've been cap-strapped a little bit the first two years, and they probably just didn't view it as that important of a of a priority at the time because the team wasn't, expected to really compete that much. And, and yeah, like, sure, you obviously want to cover your back and, and make sure someone can come in there and, and help. But um, I, th- I think it was maybe smarter for them to invest in, in other positions to see if uh, they could have kind of a long-term guy that, that can play a, a more important role than, than necessarily a backup quarterback. Now, obviously, they also got very lucky in the past two years. Goff has been relatively healthy. I think he's only missed two or three games over the two years he's here. But, yeah, I think now – you're at a point where, like you were saying, like this is a team that's expected to compete, maybe even win the the division next year, and so now you need to now you have to be serious about that. And 
would it have been nice if they had already had figured that out and they can just kind of roll with their two quarterbacks, whoever they got now? Yeah, it, it would be nice. Um, we don't really know anything about Nate Sudfield. We don't know if he'll come back or not. But, you know, there's again, now there's an opportunity to draft one either early or late, and uh, there'll be some guys on free agency that I think they're going to look at. But, yeah, I think I think that they're going to take it a little bit more seriously than, than they did in those first two years. And But I think you're also right that it was a miss. I think they thought Boyle was something that he wasn't. One thing, though, uh, Jeremy, I, like I said, uh, I've been a Lions fan all my life and to have an offseason where there's no drama and the only question about the team, and I get the corner, and, and I think Sauce Gardner gives everybody a lot of hope that uh, that high at six possibly, if there is a corner, or at 18, you can find somebody who can step in and start maybe not to the level of Sauce, but just give you enough to take away that side of the field every so often, especially when you look at who's going to be your main competition, and it will be Minnesota and with their receivers, yep. especially uh, Jefferson. But to have only this conversation about one negative right now at least, and there's a lot of time for drama before training camp and the start of the season, that, that says something about Holmes and Campbell, what they've done, and also the hands-off approach by Sheila Hamp. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think you really have to give a lot of that credit to, to Brad Holmes. I mean, I think last year at this time we were looking and it was hard to find a position that wasn't wasn't needed to have, you know, several resources um, thrown at it. And, and now, and now you're, yeah, you're, you're kind of like, okay, well, now you're kind of starting to get things figured out on, on the defensive line. You, you got a couple guys at the linebacker position that you couldn't rely on. You probably have both your starting safeties already figured out a wide receiver, which was a disaster in year one for this regime is suddenly a huge strength. And, and yeah, like now you just kind of have to nitpick and be like, okay, they probably need to get someone there and someone there. And then that's a great place to be in, especially when you have all these draft assets, because then you can just go best guy available. Just go with the best guy that's going to give you four plus years in Detroit and hopefully a second contract in Detroit. And that's where you want to be as a franchise where you can just get players and you don't tie yourself to needs because that's, that's really the best way to hit, hit a draft out of the park is just don't over-focus on a position and, and get a guy that, that, that's going to be a tentpole of your, your organization for years to come. Uh, speaking of potential players for years to come, uh, any word out of Mobile, Alabama on your end, what you're hearing, guys that stood out that are perfect fits for the Lions who maybe can contribute early in their career? Any names? Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't go down there this year, so I, I'm, I'd have to just kind of rely on reports coming from, from other people down there. But, um, gosh, what was that guy's name? The uh, uh, the guy at Northwestern, the defensive lineman, I, I don't know how to say it. It's like Adibo Ware. Um, he's a guy that I know impressed a lot of people, and he's a guy that can kind of play any of those positions along the defensive line, and that's, you know, the Lions like to move their guys around. So he can play in the inside, he can play on the outside. and to, to He's like a really good run defender on the edge, and then, you know, on those passing downs when they like to put edge rushers on, on basically every part of the line, um, he's a guy that can slide in and do that. Um, I think the running back that, that made the most noise, and, and that might be kind of a long-term need, especially with DeAndre Swift entering the final year of his contract, uh, Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. He's a guy that made a lot of noise down there from what I heard, and, and he's kind of that two-way player where he can also catch a lot of passes in the same way that Swift can and um, maybe a little bit more aggressive between the tackles than Swift is. So um, those are kind of the two guys, one on each side of the ball, that, that I've heard the most about. But again, this, that's kind of based on other people's uh, observations more so than my own. Maybe they'll be good enough that they could get to the Pro Bowl and run through styrofoam blocks or play flag football. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 
That's a dream now. That's where the Pro Bowl's headed, yeah. (laughs) It scares me because if the NFL sees crowds in the flag football, I said this earlier, and and I'm not not going off the deep end, that if, if they see interest in flag football, think about you're the NFL, okay? Think about a spring season. I'm being honest here. That wouldn't have a lot of injuries outside of occasionally you'll get the knee blown out uh, in flag football. But if they had an NFL, almost what high school does when they do seven-on-seven leagues during July against other schools getting ready for their regular season, that you would put your rookies in something like that, that they would uh, play uh, in in leagues, which the NFL Network could televise. I don't think it's crazy to think that they're going down that path. I don't. Yeah, that, I mean, that'd be a, the toughest sell there is is on the NFLPA, right? They'd have to obviously agree to something like that, and it'd be really hard to get them on board, considering I think how long some of these players need to to rehab and, and get better. And right. I know you said with some of those are with the rookies, but I, I would say like if if flag football catches on, like I wouldn't put them by it to like make it a second type of league, you know, a developmental type type of league. They, right. Obviously, you know, everyone is trying to figure out that we got the XFL coming in, in a month, I think, and the USFL is coming back a little bit after that. So clearly they're, they're trying to find out if there's a market for spring football and if flag football is one of those, and then maybe I, I kind of doubt people would get that excited for flag football. I haven't really seen hey, it. Man, I'm with the Pro Bowl, but, but, um, but I don't know. Like there, there's, I think, I think it's clear that people in charge think there's a viability for spring football. And so I don't know if that is the USFL, if it's the XFL, if it's, uh, if it's some sort of a, you know, weird version of, of football, whether it's flag football or, or, or something else, but um, yeah, they're going to keep trying and, and figure something out. And maybe this, maybe this served as kind of a testing ground for that. Well, I'm really shocked. And I know the NFL, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago was really close to buying arena football and having that be not their stars, but the rookies and create more of a depth and a true minor league system, which right now college football is the NFL's minor right. league system. Yeah. But then you have guys who are done with college. If they can't make an NFL roster, there are some spots around the world internationally for really low minor league level football. And you get the XFL, which you mentioned and USFL and, you know, they'd be crazy not to, not to have a true minor league system uh, with all the TV network, uh, money out there, including all the subscription services, and provide quality football that ha- would have the NFL spring. Just would be, you know, I know they've tried NFL Europe and other things, but uh, man, just do it here, do it, do it in cities that would buy the franchises. You know, have Grand Rapids be uh, NFL spring, and their team would. Uh, you find a college stadium that seats ten thousand, and they play and they draw, and your shield and the Lions brand is out there and Chicago puts a team out in Rockford and uh, Green Bay puts a team in, you know, Madison or some other place. And I, it's a no brainer with all the TV money out there right now. And it just creates more chances for guys to play football. Yeah. And, and you have to imagine that could potentially make the NFL better, right? If you give all these guys that otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to put out tape or, or, you know, just get the reps, get the practice. Um, get their ability to, to develop as a player. Um, those guys will eventually make it to the NFL and, and deeper roster means better football, even when injuries eventually come, because if they're going to continue to add games to the schedule and it, it feels like an 18th game is probably not that far behind. Well, then you're going to deal with more injuries and you're going to need a bigger pool of better players. And 
a developmental league is, is exactly the, the way you, you combat that. And what you do is you do it after the draft. Uh, you have a, a June-July league, uh, right? Uh, you know, maybe sure. third week of May, maybe three weeks after the draft, they get a training camp, mini training camp. You do a schedule that's six, eight games with a championship game, and then those uh, the teams and the players, some will be eligible uh, to make uh, NFL training camps. Others will just wait around and maybe play the following season. And you get TV coverage, and you're ramping up right up till the biggest thing in America, the NFL. It's a no-brainer in yeah. my mind. Yeah, I think I think the biggest challenge is just is being able to put all that together in, in a short period of time and still get quality football, right? Because with, with the NFL, you have OTAs, you have mini camp, you have training camp, you have months and months of preparation for each league. You're talking about fast tracking this from you're, you're not drafted to you're on a team and playing in a game, you know, a month later. Um, so, you know, it, it, it'd be a big challenge to the coaching staff. And, and um, you know, maybe you're not putting the players in the best position to succeed, but you're getting them out there on the field. And I think that's probably what's most important. Well, you're, it's like triple A, double A baseball, we'll say, or the G League basketball. Sure. Those players freely move because you have, you know, you know, 15, yep. 16 NBA roster spots. It's different than football. So football, you have your what is it, up to 54 now with the practice squad, whatever it is, the number, 56, whatever the number is. So these guys necessarily won't be going from playing two months of, you know, NFL uh, spring to right to a training camp. Very few guys probably off that roster get a training camp invite. It's just uh, more promoting the brand, more the teams all having a, a true AAA, which then promotes ticket sales and their brand and, you you have a feeder system. That said, that's beyond college. Yeah, and I think I think that's the two main things. The two biggest advantages are is one another source of revenue, and I don't think the NFL would ever turn down that if they if they view it as viable. And then yeah, is is being a, an NFL feeder system. Like I said, that's something that the league has certainly been missing. And I've always thought that NFL rosters in general are, are too small in general. You know, you got 53 and then the 14 or 16, I'm not sure what the, the, the practice squads are at now, but you know, 60, 70 guys, it sounds like a lot, but I think, I think they need more at this point, especially with how high the injury rate is, especially with, um, you know, the, the, the schedule increasing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It, it's been way too long for, for the NFL to find some sort of viable B league for them. Um, and, and, now, now, whether it's you know any of those options we just ran through, I think I think it's finally getting to a point where um, they're probably going to find something, and I don't know which one they'll invest in, but uh, it's coming. Yeah, colleges have what eighty-five scholarships. The NFL with the billions yeah. they make, you could classify twenty-five more guys as uh, you know thirty more guys as a level two roster. So their money is different. They get two-way yeah. contracts like you see in hockey and other sports and. Uh, the NFLPA gets more uh, gets more of a base where the level two guys won't vote. I, I, and now Apple and uh, everybody, Amazon and people who would you could brand players, you could grow, you can watch them. You have video, you have other fan interest in other locations uh, that uh, creates excitement. That hey, they're the AAA for the Lions or the AAA for the Jets. They're they're the next stop is the NFL. Just what they do with the AHL and hockey and what they do with the G League in basketball, and what they do with AAA baseball. I know they've looked at college, which would still be their feeder league, but you're increasing opportunities, let's say 30 more guys a team times 32. That, that's not a lot of bodies you're adding to the yeah. pool. It's not. Yeah, it's like... 1,000? Yeah. 
It's about a thousand, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a lot. I know you can say, well, if each guy level two player makes fifty grand a year, right? And and then they get into the NFL level one, which would be the you know fifty four. Then you get practice money, or after that, you get if you make the uh, NFL roster, you get the NFL PA uh, minimum, or they give you a better deal. I, it's just it, it's an easy move, and there's so much money out there. Uh, right now, so we'll see what happens. Jeremy, good conversation, my man. Before I let you go, what's your pick Sunday, Chiefs or the Eagles? I got to go with the Eagles here. It just they seem to have the better top to bottom roster. They're they're better on defense, which obviously I think is going to play kind of significantly into this one. It does feel like sometimes the the best defensive team uh, wins the games this deep into the season, even though this is very much becoming an offensive league, and uh, and they're healthier, too. Obviously, the, the Chiefs have some injury stuff they're going through, so Eagles is my pick. I, I do expect it to be a really good game, though. By the way, you can follow Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit uh, at Detroit Online, L-I-O-N, and also prideofdetroit.com. Jeremy, wonderful conversation. Have a great Monday night. Hey, appreciate you having you as well. All right, Jeremy Reisman checking in on the Meyer Guest Line. Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with your Detroit Lions. Our Bud Light, huge question of the day. Best and worst you saw over the weekend in sports. My best are the TV shots of Pebble Beach. Are the worst NFL players playing flag football. What's yours? 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, all of our social network interaction Presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They have a big homestand coming up. Home games Wednesday night in downtown Grand Rapids at Van Andel Arena. Thursday night with $2 beers and $2 dogs, 6 p.m. until halftime. And also home a week from today and on Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. You'll love buy one ticket, get one free on Tuesdays. And the $2 beers and $2 dogs this Thursday at Van Andel Arena for the Grand Rapids Gold will be big. Get your tickets, Ticketmaster.com, the Van Andel Arena box office, and also follow the Grand Rapids Gold on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Johnny Kane. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Just check the app every night between 6 and 9 o'clock to see what prop bet will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the offer code HUGE today. The Pistons welcome the East leading Boston Celtics tonight. And while they're still the betting favorite to come out of the East behind the all-star tandem of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they dropped four of their last six. Their core is set, but they could be active at Thursday's trade deadline to add depth. One name that surfaced is veteran big man Nerlens Noel, who's played sparingly for Detroit. Big question is how active the Pistons want to be. They own the worst record in the East and have pieces that might generate interest from contending teams, namely Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Garter. Over the last 18 months, they merged with Dorn Mayhew on the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before. If you're a business, 
no matter how big or small or an individual, and you want the business team that can handle all of your accounting and business needs, turn to Bean Garter. Go to BeanGarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. We're also down to your last chance to enter the Beat Huge contest where Tom Rosenbach and his team have put up the $1,500 in cash that could be yours. The big game. Your last chance to play. Just go to thehugeshow.net. Get your picks in, and you can win that $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Garter. One final chance to try and beat my big game pick. Get your picks in before the big game kicks off at thehugeshow.net. Score great deals on everything you need for the big game this week at Meyer. Stock up on essentials with buy five, save $5 on items like Sweet Baby Ray's Barbecue Wing Sauce or Marinade, Kraft Shredded or Chunk Cheese, and Coca-Cola 24-pack cans. All buy five, save $5, plus deposit where applicable. And pick up a few extra-large avocados for guacamole, just 77 cents. Save on everything for the big game when you shop Meyer. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Join Fernandel Institute Purple Community for Southside Ice Arena's weekend-long event in Byron Center. Hockey Fights Cancer. From February 10th through the 12th, join the fun and support Hockey Fights Cancer. Learn more at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Let's go get his quick thoughts on the Michigan-Ohio State game yesterday. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com will join us. Also, we'll hear from one of the stage instructors at the West Michigan Golf Show this weekend at DeVos Place in downtown GR. We'll do that in our final segment right now. Let's... Go to Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com. Get his thoughts on Michigan's win yesterday against Ohio State. And really the last two games, they look like one of the better teams in the league and a NCAA team, but it's the work in between that now has put them in a bind. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing well. It is uh this basketball team continues to be a conundrum. It is a a Jekyll and Hyde group in every sense of the word. So, from your perspective, what do they need to do the rest of the way to hear their name on Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament? Yeah, at this point, I mean, you're sitting here today with 13 uh, regular season wins. I feel like you probably need to find a way to get to, you know, because there's just nothing to hang your hat on from that non-conference slate, you probably need to find a way to get to 18 or 19 before the regular season ends and then add another one or two uh, in the Big Ten tournament to kind of feel good about where this thing is at. But, um, you know, they have they have given themselves no margin for error here. And, and do they need to go out and win every game down the stretch? They don't – I don't think they necessarily need to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of um, – you know, there are some quad one wins out there to be had. They didn't – their first one of the season didn't come until Thursday night at Northwestern. So you're kind of running out of time here. So – you know, you look at this thing here, you've got, you know, the, the eight games left. I think you probably have to go, I don't know, six and two or five and three the rest of the way to to give yourself a chance. Yeah, I think it's uh, stealing a couple of road wins and not losing 
uh, home game the rest of the way in the regular season, and then at least one, if not two wins uh, in the Big Ten tournament. But the defense, uh, which has been there sporadically, uh, was there. And really, if you go back to the Purdue game, and then you kind of look at the Northwestern and Ohio State games, uh, the defense and its intensity has risen dramatically. Yeah, I think that that Penn State game last week was just so eye-opening and so unacceptable that there's, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, similar to the the, the CMU debacle from back in December, uh, you have nowhere to go but up from there, and it it just inherently has to get better. And it's a it's an it's a mental reset. It's an on court reset. And what you've seen again, this this roster has some deficiencies. Like they're not as athletic as they need to be. Uh, the guys just aren't as good of defenders as they need to be. But oftentimes this year when they've had problems on that end of the floor, it's been a want-to thing. It's been a communication thing. It's been an effort thing. And I think their effort, you know, over the last two games when, you know, let's be honest, I think they could, you know, you don't want to give them the excuse of saying they can mail it in. But, you know, this could have gone one or two ways coming off that Penn State game. And it's, Again, it's only been two games, but it has been uh it's been heartening to see that they've they've chosen to choose the path of, you know, staying alive instead of letting this thing kind of wilt away. Um they've shown a really good fight and I think the effort's been good and, and it needs to continue. Uh they cannot rest on it at all. Yeah, it's like they're really playing an end of a season uh, tournament and they need to continue it and get it done. Anthony Broom from the Wolverine dot com. Uh, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Anthony, appreciate the update. We'll talk more in depth about Michigan hoops later in the week. Of course. Thank you. All right, Anthony Broom checking in. One final segment coming up. We'll hear from one of the stage golf instructors who will be at the West Michigan Golf Show uh, this weekend. Gary Bissell will join us, at golf coach at Grand Valley State. Uh, West Michigan Golf Show runs Friday through Sunday at DeVos Place in downtown GR. The huge show will be there live Friday, 3 until 6. So stop by and say hello. We'll be by the Par 3 Challenge that benefits Folds of Honor. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Get ready for a fantastic season of golf at the West Michigan Golf Show. Look for amazing deals on the newest equipment and apparel. We've got them. Discover local courses and golf getaways throughout Michigan and the U.S. Play the Treetops Hole-in-One Challenge. Also, long drive and putting contests. Kids Fun Zone and junior golfers get in free. February 10th through 12th, DeVos Place. No on-site box office. Purchase tickets online at westmichigangolfshow.com. 
Puge here with a reminder that I'll be broadcasting statewide Friday 3 until 6 from the West Michigan Golf Show in downtown GR. So bring your best swing because I'll be doing a huge drive contest at the Long Drive Simulator. Anyone who beats my drive will qualify to win an overnight stay in golf for four at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. So can you beat my huge drive? You can take a shot this weekend at the West Michigan Golf Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get a taste of sweet rewards up to $5,000 cash. Every Friday in February from 7 to 11 p.m. Play for a chance to take home the chocolate bar. With prizes from $1,000 premium play all the way up to $5,000 cash. Don't miss sweet rewards. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Join Van Andel Institute Purple Community for Southside Ice Arena's weekend-long event in Byron Center. Hockey Fights Cancer. From February 10th through the 12th, join the excitement and support the Hockey Fights Cancer Games to help raise awareness, support, and funds for VII research. You don't want to miss out on a weekend of hockey, fun at the rink, and exciting auction items, all for a wonderful cause. Join an event that has raised a tremendous $300,000 for cancer research at Van Andel Institute since 2016. Learn more at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. We do it Monday through Friday, 3 until 6 p.m. You can listen on your local affiliate for the one close to where you live, work, or you'll be traveling. Go to thehugeshow.net. Same place you can hear our free online stream. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in the world where you get mobile service. Just search The Huge Show on the iHeart app. I mentioned Friday, 3 until 6, I'll be broadcasting statewide from the West Michigan Golf Show, one of the top golf shows in the Midwest, if not America. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in downtown Grand Rapids at DeVos Place, and Gary Bissell is set to join us. I think the last time I talked to Gary was at the Folds of Honor Collegiate Classic uh, in Grand Haven uh, last year, and Gary's in his ninth season as a head coach of the Grand Valley State men's golf team in Allendale, here on the west side of the state, he has been named uh, the NCAA Division II Midwest Region Coach of the Year after leading the Lakers to their first national championship appearance since the 2007-2008 season. On top of that, Grand Valley secured their 17th straight NCAA postseason golf tournament appearance. Gary is also a respected golf instructor, as indicative as he's included in the current issue of Golf Digest as one of the best young teachers in America. Bissell was one of only two teachers from Michigan listed uh, from the Midwest, and Gary will be on stage Saturday at the West Michigan Golf Show, and he's standing by live here from Allendale. How you doing, Gary? Excellent. How are you, Huge? Yeah, I was remembering. I go, wait a minute. I talked to him when we were at American Dunes and that collegiate uh, cup, which I'm hearing is going to grow into something even bigger and better this year with both men's and women's programs. We'll have more on that later. But let's talk about uh, what you're doing this weekend at the West Michigan Golf Show. 
Yeah, so as you mentioned, the West Michigan Golf Show is a tremendous event, great place to go and uh, get some great deals. And then also we have some pretty good headliners this year um, with Jason Goss and Ian Hughes. I think uh, Jeff Caminiti is on there um, as far as the ones that I saw. But, yeah, we're really excited. Um, I'm going to be up there at noon on Saturday following Jason Goss. So what's the biggest thing? Because the one thing I always look at the West Michigan Golf Show, and we'll be there live Friday 3 until 6, is it kind of – starts the golf season uh, here in the state of Michigan, in my mind, and there's always something new, uh, whether it's equipment, whether it's a ball, whether it's uh, some teaching instrument. But from a teacher's perspective, what's the newest thing you think that is helping golfers? What would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, (laughs) you can kind of get lost in translation there. There's so many training aids that are out there. Um, one of the, the new ones that I'm using quite a bit, it's called the hanger. Um, it's another, I don't mean to be bad. I mean, it's a great training aid. It, it's a little overpriced per all training aids. You know, they're pieces of plastic that uh, cost a hundred dollars somehow. Um, but it's a fantastic training aid for helping people to understand how to really, uh, shallow and close the club head most, uh, first and foremost. So it's good for that typical slice issue. Um, but man, it, it's tough to keep up with training aids. I'll tell you, there's just so many that come out, uh, every single week. It feels like, but that's the great place where you can check them out. So what's a simple golf instruction recommendation to somebody who's just starting in the game where you would tell them whether it's keep your head down, slow the backswing, whatever one thing is that you think can help a golfer. And I know we're, a audio medium, not visual, and you'll be doing some of the demonstrations and talking about this Saturday on stage this weekend at the West Michigan Golf Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. What's a simple piece of advice you as one of the rising young golf instructors in America would give anybody listening right now? Yeah, I don't, it's it's hard to simplify golf, right? But um, for me, I I always try to break it down into a couple of things in terms of importance. Uh, I mean, centerness to contact is going to be where we're going to start, which also involves some low point, um, practice, but, you know, understanding kind of some basic mechanics, um, in terms of how to grip the club, which I know Jeff Caminiti is doing. So that'll be a great one. Um, but you know, you got, it's hard to just say one thing. We've just got to get the basic fundamentals as in with any other sport, right? So we've got to learn the grip. Um, we've got to kind of learn where to put the ball in our stance. And then I start really going into centerness and understanding how to apply the center of that face onto the golf ball. Um, but if you're asking me for one thing, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I can tell you, keep your head down probably isn't going to be it for me. Um, but there, there's quite a few things that go into it. Yeah, I try and go back to myself. That what, what is kind of center my game when I feel it getting off the rails? And I will say it's slowing down the backswing and following through. That, that's one for me personally, which – seems to kind of get me back on track. Yeah, and that's everybody's got their own unique feels. You know, I talk about this with clients all the time. I use this expression, feels not real. Um, you know, and though, but your feels are your feels, and that is what we have to base off of because we cannot see our golf swing while we're swinging it. So we kind of have to go with what works that day um, or what works that week. And sometimes if you're really lucky, a swing thought can get you by two, three weeks. Uh, those are the great stretches. Um, but, yeah, we're always looking for that feel or that thought that's going to get us through the round. And even at the professional level, especially with CBS now miking up some of these players and talking to them about what they see, what they're doing, I find it to be incredible TV because it's live during a pressure-packed uh, PGA golf tour event. And you see these guys are just like us. They don't know where the ball landed. Did it go too far? Were they too short? Oh, maybe I should have 
you know, punched it out or I, I should have played a different club. It It, it is phenomenal uh, with the game of golf that from the amateur just starting to the professional, how much similarity there is when it comes to the mental side of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Hank Haney said it really, really well. Uh, he was doing a podcast that I was listening to a while back, and they asked him, if, you know, do you believe that golf is 99% mental? And he said, you know, not if we're comparing amateurs to professional players, but at the professional level, absolutely. Um, and I, I thought that summed it up really, really well. You know, there's certainly a physical difference between your average golfer who just plays on weekends in terms of his skill um, and his ability. But once you get to that top level of the PGA Tour, what's separating those guys oftentimes is going to be more on the mental side. His name is Gary Bissell. He'll break down uh, his thoughts on the game of golf this weekend on stage at the West Michigan Golf Show at DeVos Place in downtown Grand Rapids. Always love talking golf. Gary, keep up the great work at Grand Valley State University, and congrats on the Golf Digest recognition as one of the top young teachers in America. Yeah, and thanks for all that you do, Huge. And I want to especially thank you for your support of the uh, LPGA event uh, presented by Meyer. Um, that's been a huge thing for this town, and uh, we're really grateful that you continue to support that. Well, thank you for the kind words, my man. We'll see you at the golf show. All right, take care. Yeah, I am one of the few shows that uh, I do talk about golf because I love the game, and I see the impact it makes on people and communities. Meyer LPGA event along with the Midland LPGA event. 24-7, everything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.